0: I can't take it anymore. Welcome to another episode of the Gracepreneur Podcast. And we are excited to have you tune in to our podcast. We believe that every one of us has the potential to conquer the mountains in our lives. We strive to help our listeners overcome this by providing words of encouragement and life-changing testimonies from those who have
1: conquered their mountains. Tune in and enjoy the journey. Welcome Grace Premier, to another episode of the Grace Premier podcast. In this episode, I have a very special friend, this man. I mean, you guys heard his father already bringing some heat into our podcast. Uh, If you haven't heard it, look up George Caban's podcast where he talks about routines, mental health, and it was just wow, it was powerful. And his son is he lives up to that man i'll tell you that he's a very encouraging man this is somebody that you know very inspiring and i I truly believe as grace renears are tuning into this episode they're gonna they're gonna get tips and and just see different ways of of business in a way where it's like wow it would change it would transform your life it would transform the way you do things and before i get into the all of the details of it i want to introduce my friend Sergio Caban. man thank you for coming on here bro you're amazing. I'm excited. Such a young, good-looking entrepreneur. <laughs> I have to throw that in there, and, and we're excited. So for our first question, we like to start our episodes like this, and this is the question we'd like to ask. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why?
0: Uh, first, I just want to appreciate you for inviting me on the podcast. Uh, just Thanks, man. Just have a good conversation, man. I love what you're doing. I love the vision. So uh, always a pleasure. Appreciate that. that. With you anytime. <laughs> appreciate but, uh, that, dude. Let's throw that out. Okay, superpower. If I had any superpower, I would say I would love to be able to teleport. Teleport, teleport? Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm a big time traveler. I like to travel and see different places. So, yeah, the ability to just teleport to anywhere i ever wanted to go, I think that would be amazing.
1: Dude, that would be sick. I mean, let's. Yeah. Okay, let's say this. Right now, you got the power to teleport, and right now you were going to teleport You could teleport anywhere you want. Uh, let's actually let's let's make it a little juicier. You're given the opportunity to teleport anywhere you want right now. Once and that's it.
0: Where would it be? Costa Rica.
1: Costa Rica. Why is that? I heard it's beautiful out there.
0: Just because I've been researching it and I've been Googling different locations over there. And it's beautiful weather. Weather's always like in the 80s. Oh, wow. Um, it's The culture there, from what I hear, is very nice. People are very nice out there. And uh, just that jungle life. I don't know, man. Just being in the middle of a jungle on a mountain. <laughs> that's all I need, man. So. I just was researching it this week. So, when you met, that was the first thing that came to mind when you asked. Wow.
1: So. <laughs> you know, I know people from Costa Rica and I've heard great stories about it. I mean, I definitely want to go out there. I heard the beaches are awesome, the mountains over there are gorgeous. Um, and and I just that. hear, you got to a trip, bro. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'm winning. That would be great. Uh, So you know what? Actually, let's one more question just out of curiosity because you love to travel. I love to travel. I think traveling is just such a great experience. What is one place that you've gone to that's your favorite place thus far?
0: All the places. Okay, it's a little biased because I'm Puerto Rican, but I want to say Puerto. (laughs) It's kind of biased. I know. But uh, I just love my island, man, and the beaches, the the culture,
1: the food. The
0: food is amazing. Um, I've gone there almost every year, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> my favorite. I keep going there, so clearly, it's a
1: like it's a beautiful country. I mean, I'm not Puerto Rican. I'm married to a Puerto Rican now, and uh, you know, it's just seeing you, go. like, you got some ties. You <laughs> got yeah, it. man. I mean, you know, I'm hearing things about Puerto Rico. I'm seeing all these pictures of Puerto Rico, and I'm just like, wow, I need to be there. There's a bioluminescent beach I want to go to desperately out yes, there. You got yeah, it that one. and that and um, you know, like. I was I was searching on Google and not trying to give anybody a big head here, but uh, if there's any perfect uh, ethnicity in, in humanity, according to Google, Puerto Ricans are
0: it. Wow! Like, you I know. I, I'm how they come to that conclusion. I mean, up, right? <laughs> I it, but I'm sure. I just wonder if the person who wrote it was Puerto Rican. <laughs> just <laughs> so, Google. But yeah, it's awesome, man. I, I love the island. The yeah, man. Great. Definitely got to
1: pay a visit. That'll be trip number two, right? That we gotta make. i not go wrong. <laughs> So now, you know, thanks for answering that. And the reason we like to ask that, is because in all honesty, I believe that um entrepreneurs are like superheroes, you know. You you have to have these characteristics that are like none other. You gotta you really gotta be, you gotta be Dixon. You gotta be able to push forward, not give up, get back up, you know, move. Like there's a variety of stuff that goes into it. And I'm just like, wow, these people who do it, I mean, they work hard. There's not one entrepreneur that I've met that sits back, complains all day, and makes it just me personally. You know. Everybody see works hard like yourself. And you're so young. I don't know if you want to give away your age, but if you do, <laughs> we greatly appreciate some people could relate. But when I'm trying to get at this, it's like, like yourself, you're so young and you're an entrepreneur. And I mean, you're, you're just gun holed about it. I seen you at an event where you spoke about, I believe it was real estate and the things you gave us was so insightful. I'm like, wow, this is knowledge that I need. So before we get into the business aspect of it, I want the listeners to get to know you a little bit more. And if we could just give the listeners a little bit of background. Where are you from uh, or where'd you grow up and what
0: inspired you to pursue business? So um, I actually grew up in Newark, New Jersey, born and raised in Northern New Jersey. Uh, growing up, I was into car sales. My dad had a small car dealer. So my first job was actually washing cars. <laughs> And then gradually I upgraded to becoming a car salesman at like 17. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. Yeah, one
0: thing, my dad always had me working. So like I was working since I was like 14, 15, you know, doing washing cars. So I had an uncle that was a mechanic. So I worked with him and then I uh, had another uncle that was into construction. So I did, I always had jobs during the summer and that was just a thing that I was used to. So I've always working. So it was just normal to me. And then when I turned 17, I got into car sales. And that was kind of my introduction to working for your check and like, you know, um, trying to sell as many things as I can to to make money and that kind of whole experience, which was a good foundation because essentially uh, when you run your own business, you are a salesman for your product, right? Whatever service or product you have. Um, So it was definitely a good foundation learning how to sell cars. I mean, I started that a few years later, I became a sales manager and then I got into finance, financing cards. So from sales manager, I was working deals and uh, and working the loans uh, for clients. And, you know, clients with bad credit, they would come to me, I would help them get approved for the car that they wanted. And so that's how I got into the finance world. So I started off in the car business finance. And so um, from there, oddly, I ended up going into selling printers. Printers.
1: Print, printers. Okay. That's that's an interesting uh, feel to with it.
0: That was by far the hardest, you know, and I consider myself a, a good salesman. Just, yeah, you know, it came natural to me and I did it for so long, and it's all I've done. So you know, it's very natural for you. But let me tell you, selling printers was extremely difficult. It's really hard. Uh because you know, they always say, you know, when you're selling, make sure you sell the experience, not the product, right? So it's like, how do I sell an experience on a printer? How can I make that exciting? And so when I first got introduced to it, uh, it was you know it was tough at the time. My my dad lost the car business, and I had to transition. I was I just graduated college, um, so I had to transition quickly. Had to adjust, and that was by far one of the most difficult jobs I had initially, because I didn't know how to make it exciting. And that was always my first thing: like, how can I make whatever I'm selling exciting? How can I sell it with conviction? And it's like, I mean, what what CEO what company is really excited about printers? You know. And uh, long story short, I ended up learning how to make the right connection, how to make it interesting for the CEOs to end up being the top salesman for the company oh, there uh, really. within six months.
1: Yeah. Wow. Let, can, we, can we talk about that a little bit more actually? Because it's just, you know, this is these are those moments I love that we're getting to directly into the middle stuff. You made it interesting to sell printers. I mean, you made it exciting, you know. And I think about this like how does someone make printers exciting? I mean print my paper. That's all I need. All I, I need you to photocopy something like I'm not going to get excited or, or at least I don't think so. The
0: approach I took on it was, well, two things that uh, CEOs care about, right? One is saving money and two, making their life easier. If something can make their life easier, that could get them excited. So maybe not directly, the printer is not exciting, but the concept that maybe that printer can make their life easier and save money at the same time that could get you a little excited as a ceo of course yeah you, give me, you know so if i can, like hey you know i have this product um if i could if you have if i have 10 minutes of your time i can show you how this product can one save you money and two make your life a lot easier so as a ceo you're like well i think i got 10 minutes to hear that out because they're always trying to find ways to make you know they you gotta remember every business owner has 100 things they're juggling at the same time right they got so much that they're doing so anything that can help them alleviate some of those tasks and also save them money, which is one of the the second most important thing for business owners, like they're always trying to find ways to save money. So once I found the trigger or the thing that I thought that would move them, then I had my pitch, you know? And so with that, I was able to start getting meetings and appointments with C-level executives and, and CEOs and because ultimately I have to get in front of them to make the decision these printers weren't cheap i'm talking about commercial grade so we're talking about printers that are like five grand ten grand oh yeah
1: Yeah. you're
0: talking about the heavy-duty
1: printers that they just plaque out yeah these are printers that print
0: books pamphlets you know we're the ones that we sold to like marketing companies so um it, it was an expensive product and i had to really make it convincing you know if i wanted somebody to buy my product at the time
1: I so. think I, I feel like that's such an interesting thing to say to you know mention here because it's like I come I come around countless of amount of um, entrepreneurs who struggle selling the product who struggle getting the product out there or getting others excited about it and I love I love the fact that you didn't make the product like you make the product itself exciting by using other aspects of it not the actual hey amount or this like forget that you're just like it saves you money and it makes life more convenient for you simple as that. That, even myself, I worked for uh, these other companies. It's like, you know, the owners of the company, they wanted to save every dime they could in every avenue. You know, if it was, they could save, they wanted it. And an approach like that, I'll tell you right there, it will get your foot in there quick. So that's amazing, dude. I love that. Now let's get back into your, your story a bit more. So you started sending printers and uh, where'd you move on from there?
0: So uh, from there even though I was doing great, I didn't love the product. I didn't love what I was doing. So I was trying to find a way to transition to something. And it was also, I found that like, it wasn't challenging anymore. I kind of cracked the code and I'm the type, like I get bored easily. So I was like, all right, I got this. As a matter of fact, the month that I paid my two weeks, I only worked two weeks and, and the, the, the following two I wasn't there. And I was still the top salesman for the month. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, two months. So I feel like I really figured it out. And so I was like, I need to challenge myself. I need to find something that I May I enjoy a little bit more. Maybe it could make me more income. Yeah. And so from there, I got into um, doing selling service in a mechanic shop. Okay. Mercedes. So I started working for Mercedes. Oh, wow. Okay. Selling service. Selling service on commercial trucks. So we're talking about, you know, diesel trucks, trucks that haul, you know, tractor trailers, things that haul. Um, So I started working at a service shop.
1: And that's such a. I mean, I did logistics and you know worked with trucks for a couple of years, and that's that's a big. I mean, industry in itself. Oh, it's a
0: huge industry. Yeah. The shop that I went to was like the busiest shop. Really, it was insane. The volume they had. So again, like I went in there, it was kind of the same. I'm like, what is this? This is crazy. Like it was. You know, the xerox job was a little bit more laid back because I made my own schedule. I made my own appointments. I did what I needed to do, and then. Here it was just like customers 24/7, just running into the door. A ton of volume. It was just different, a little bit challenging in the beginning, and but I kind of like those challenges, right? Because I feel like it's every time I approach it, it's like it's like a puzzle that I have to solve. You know, so uh, definitely great there. Um, I worked there for about two years. I actually ended up doubling their sales by the end of the second year. You know, we were averaging like fifty thousand in labor hours um, by the sixth. Yeah, like at the end of the year when I was there. I had it. I had it about a hundred thousand a month in labor hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. that's, so that's I was able to, Yeah. And I mean, mainly it was because I found ways to do things quicker and easier and like the, their process was like, there was way too many steps. So I have a, I have a tendency to see things and try to make it easier. So I'm like, this is way too many steps. Like, if we can cut this in half, I can service twice the amount of people. So let me find a way to make this faster and more efficient. And when I created my own system there, I was able to be a lot more efficient. We were able to serve a lot more customers.
1: Wow, dude. That's and amazing. So,
0: yeah, and that's why I was able to increase the numbers. And so it's just the way, I, it's just my philosophy. Anytime I approach something, it's just like, how can I make this easier? How can I make this better? And how can we be more efficient?
1: You know, it does so much when you have that mentality. When I walked into the accounting firm to do a, you know, handle the operations, their daily operations there, that was the first thing that came to mind. How can I make things easier? How can we save? And, you know, and all that stuff, and in doing that, I mean, it just it just made everything more productive. You know, we we got more done at a shorter amount of time. We we're reaching more people. We we're generating more leads. I mean, it was just amazing. And I love that. And then sales in itself, I mean, it can be intimidating for so many people. Yeah. So many, like myself too. When I think sales, I'm like, oh man, yeah. I gotta sell this to him. But if you if you really think about it, somebody told me this a long time ago. This is a successful person. He was like, you know, he goes, if you really think about it, everything you do is is sales related. And yeah, he goes, when you get married, that's a sale. <laughs> that's true. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's a sale. <laughs> You're trying to close the deal. Exactly, you know, it's a closing. <laughs> so when he told me that, it put in perspective. Like, man, I got married. I got two kids coming on the way now. Oh man, I can do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you think about it, everything. Is it truly is a sell? I mean, yeah. even like when you talk, think about preaching the gospel. I mean, you're you're, you're on, selling man. something, right? Like you, you're Come selling on. the vision and, and the message. Yeah, and you want God to obviously you want God to convict them, but you've got to go out there pitching. Yeah, you've got yeah. To do yeah. the presentation, and you got to go with yeah. conviction. You know. And essentially you're solving a spiritual problem. So, I mean, even in that context, it's still we're still selling.
1: Mm, Come on now. Say that, say that again, bro. That was so good.
0: You know, the (laughs) gospel. When we preach the gospel, we're solving a spiritual problem.
1: Come on, we're solving a spiritual problem. Guys, we cannot be afraid to make sales. Okay. Not at all. You, You do it, you do it more than you know. Even risk, you know, even when we talk about the risk factor and stuff like another thing I used to be afraid of years ago. Um, was taking risk and that's another thing that could hinder a lot of businesses the fear of taking you know calculated
0: risk i think that's probably the one that hinders most people i think out of everything is yeah the fear, the fear of failure holds most people back from ever mm. doing something that could be life-changing for them because they don't want to lose anything or they think they're going to lose something or they're going to assume it's not going to work you know and just so you know and we all deal with that, right? Like when I started my business, I, I had those, those insecurities and those thoughts, you know, because I'm always thinking two steps ahead. I'm like, well, what are all the variables? This could happen. This could happen. Like it could go really well. It could also go really bad. What if I run out of money before we start becoming profitable? And so I started thinking about all these different things that I'm sure you have when you contemplated different businesses like we all do. Um, and, but you got to think about it, right? The people who've ever done anything that's impacting or legendary, they had to take the chance. There was no guarantee. Like nobody walked into something new and said, this is guaranteed to work. Nobody. Like when you think of Steve Jobs, or you think these guys are so influential, right? Like the Steve Jobs of the world, the Jeff Bezos of Amazon. And if you listen to their stories, like they started with no guarantees of anything. It wasn't like they absolutely knew it was gonna work. They just had a great idea, they had a big vision, and they just went after it all in, whether it worked or not. You know, and what what kept them going was their drive to fulfill their mission right and the thing is that's another thing this is why it's hard to just try to imitate people because let's be real starting a business is very difficult mentally spiritually emotionally because you got to go all in on this right and um you got to have a reason that's just deeper than money it can't be like i'm want to do this just to be rich because you're going to run out of steam at some point it's going to get so difficult that the money's not going to motivate you anymore But if you have a mission, you're like, no, I have to do this because I'm doing this for my legacy, for my family. Like, I'm doing this because I wanna help my community at a higher level than I am right now. You start thinking a bigger mission like that, it's like, I have to keep going. Like, I can't afford to stop because this is bigger than me. Come on, this is so And So I think for people that are listening and contemplating starting something or venturing out into either a business or starting a nonprofit, You've got to be be really clear on what your mission is and why you're doing what you're doing.
1: Come on, that is that is so good. I'm I'm about to like walk out my chair out of excitement. I I kid you now, man. There's not one Grace Renew has come onto the show that has disappointed, and the shows only get better and better and better and better. And you know, like you you mentioned two things. Two things I really want to want to touch up there because it's like it's such an essential thing. One is rest. Somebody broke it down to me in like the most like easiest way to comprehend, it. and he was like, dude. When you take a taxi or you're on a plane, you know the pilot? Do you know the, the, the driver of the taxi? I was like, no. You're taking a risk. You know what they're going through. You don't know what they're dealing with. When you go outside, step, step foot outside, you're, you're taking a risk. It's like, essentially what I'm trying, he was trying to tell me was everything you do is a risk. No, yeah. well, it's just some other ones bring in more fear, which we shouldn't allow the fear to live in us like that, but uh, brings in more fear than others. But everything we do, has a risk then the second thing i'm reading this book called the millionaire map by uh jim stovall and i love this book i don't know if you ever read this book but it's, it's just an amazing book
0: i've never read
1: it yeah it's an amazing book and he talks about you know how like there's more than money there's more to it than money he's like you know money is a vehicle for him to be able to do the other stuff that he can use to like impact people and all that but um you know the way he put it i thought about it, it's like yeah like there's, it's just got to be deeper than just a dollar bill you know
0: I mean, people think it's a strong motivator, but when you get into it, you realize how weak a motivator money is. It really,
1: it really is, man. Like you know, at the Gracepreneur Podcast, our goal, our vision, our mission is to reach a million people. Now we have steps to reach that amount of people that we're we're progressively working on, but um, that's our ultimate goal at this point. And with that being said, it's because we believe that this is not about dollars coming in at one point. This is about changing lives. There's more to it. You know, there's just so much more in that. But um, yeah, thanks for sharing that, dude. That's, that's amazing. I mean, you know, going back into the rest thing, um, when, what, at what point did you decide to break off from, let's say, you know, doing sales for other companies and going into your own entrepreneurial walk?
0: So I kind of had an epiphany one day when I looked back. So that last business with, with, for Mercedes, there was something that, was, that happened that was kind of like a turning point. Um, I had access to all the numbers to the business. So I knew exactly how much the company was making. I knew exactly how I'm making And I had like a salary plus a commission. And so I knew what they were paying me versus all everything that was coming in and how much I was responsible for bringing in. And there was just a big gap there. And obviously when I got there, they're like, hey, if you deliver, if you perform, you know, we'll talk next year and we'll, we'll give you X amount. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm gonna do my end, I'm gonna deliver. And then when we have that conversation, I want X amount and so you know basically that year came in phenomenal year we did amazing uh best numbers of years ever had it was a company's been around 25 years Those was the best numbers they've had since all 25 years of being in business and so we come for the conversation again about you know the raise and it was nowhere near what they promised
1: wow come on. yeah it was
0: nowhere near i think like he shook my hand he was like congratulations you get a dollar raise a dollar an hour an extra dollar an hour you know and so I was furious because one we had already discussed a year ago what he, what he expected from me what I expected from him and then two I was like like I'm directly responsible for this so like this should be it should be it was I felt like it wasn't fair so at that point you know and that's corporate for you right so at that point I was kind of that was my fed up point I was just like you know what I'm done working for people and like over delivering and then them under, you know, not coming through with their promises. Like if I can do it for them, I can do it for myself. I just need a product that I believe in. And so that's how I started um, kind of thinking about the business I wanted to start. I was like, okay, what am I good at? What do I have experience in? What, What can I talk about with conviction that I have experience in? And what problem can I solve for somebody else that's not so simple, right? Because if I can solve a problem, I can create income out of that. And long story short, ended up finding the business that I'm in now, which is commercial lending. And I found that a lot of businesses have a hard time getting the money they need to either sustain their business or grow it. Uh, And even in real estate too, because banks are very strict. Banks, ever since the 08 crash of real estate, banking, bank has been very, very strict when it comes to lending to businesses. they made it very difficult. On average, you know, when I was doing my research for the business, 89% 89% of the applications they get taken in by banks are declined. So that means they only approve about 11% of the loans that come in. Right? Wow. Yeah. So yeah. to me, I was like, well, that means there's 89% of clients that I can help. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's good. That's you know
0: like, I mean? It's, it's that's crazy, crazy how you observed that. that. I kind of I looked at the numbers. I'm a numbers guy. So, you know, there was a saying in the carpet, it's like, people lie, numbers don't, <laughs> you know? And so I was kind of like, what are the numbers like for this business? And when I looked at it, I said, like, that's a lot of people that I can help. And I had experience in finance. I had experience in sales. I know how to deliver a presentation to make it convincing. And then I love to solve problems. That's what I've always done. That's something I'm passionate about. I love making it easier for somebody else. You know, what well, might have taken them years, you know, with one sit down with me, they can get it done in six months. And like when it gets done, it's like I get, I feel it's fulfilling. I'm like, wow, man, I just helped that person cut down years of headaches in solving the problem by simply creating a game plan with them and then delivering on the game plan. You know,
1: so, and that's how I got into the business. Wow, that's, <laughs> I mean, bro, there's so much, there's so much in there that, you know, one I admire. Somebody somebody, somebody like myself, I really do admire because it just, it takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of drive, it takes discipline. That That's another thing that's very difficult uh, with that, you know, the discipline. What would you say to those people who are, let's say in your age group who struggle with discipline, but, you know, want to pursue something that will impact people's lives. Like, uh, you know, just want to walk in into the life of an entrepreneur.
0: One simple thing that they can do right now is get in the habit of waking up early. You'd be surprised how much how much, more productive you can be if you just get, have a discipline of just getting up early. Those first few hours of the day for yourself, you can't put a price on that. You know, 6 a.m. Some people's 5 a.m. Some people's 6. But what time is it to you? I generally get up around 6, sometimes at 5. And so the first few hours, you can get so much done. You can map out your week. You can pray. You can meditate. Get your head clear for the day. You can take half an hour to learn. And uh, I think another piece of advice I would give outside of getting up early is be a lifelong learner. Be committed to constantly learning in your field. Like, you need to be a master in your field. There's no way you can be a master if you're not learning every single day. So there has to be a commitment on one end to mastering your craft, whatever that craft is and learning more. You wanna be the guy that knows every single angle inside and out of what you do, right? You wanna be the best. When they they think of a problem that needs to be solved, they think of you first and you have the tools. And what happens is the more you learn, the more confident you are when you come to present certain things because you're like, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm saying, like, I've done the work so you don't have to do the work. And that's the benefit of doing business with me, you know? And so as you continue to learn and grow, not only do you see more opportunity, you get a lot more ideas. You become a master at your craft, okay? Yeah. And if you're a master at your craft, you're going to deliver with confidence.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, I find, I find it very interesting. So yesterday, um, you know, as we're developing this podcast, we're, we're close to reaching 300 listeners, and we're just growing and growing. Thanks, I and, and, you know, I started doing research on, like, different platforms. I'm like, you know what? I want to be familiar with every single platform that's out there. Which platform it would be best for this podcast to be in, to reach the more people? Because obviously the more people reach, the more lives are being potentially changed. So I posted on this Facebook group and I was like, you know, what do you guys think about Anchor, which is the platform we used, and, you know, X these other two um, platforms. Now, when we were discussing, when somebody was, um, when people were commenting on it, then themselves didn't know. And they're like, wait, what's wrong with Anchor or what's wrong with this? How can we, you know, what works best? So I thought about it like, well, I don't have the answer, but they need an answer. Let me find the answer Give I give them a solution. So I came to find out, find a platform, one, that serves me best and two, serves them best. And now we're all happy. And they're like, wow, this is going to make my life easier, you know? And then I, there were other stuff that happened out of that because I studied my, what took the time to study my field. And it's a, it made me realize, I want to know my field, like my hand, like, you know? Inside out. I want to know inside out. out, every corner, every detail of it. Yeah?
0: You know? It's amazing, you know? man. And then you know what you come to realize as you continue to study your field? You start to notice where there's a the lack. Yeah. Like, I noticed that a lot of people in my industry do this really well, but they don't do this pretty well. And so you start finding these little holes of like, man, if I can deliver here, because this is a weak area in, our, in this industry, you know, I can make myself stand out. Business, so that's another thing. When you're constantly working in your field, you start to realize what's strong and what's not, and then you work towards building stronger areas in your business that, in general, mostly the competition doesn't have. Wow, that's good. You know, so you get you gain a competitive like for me. I noticed that in my industry, people were extremely difficult to reach when it came to like other lenders or other commercial loan brokers. Like you would have to email them several times, or you have to call them. Uh, a bunch of times to try to get a hold of somebody, and if you do, they don't give you the answers right away. So I was like, "Well, I want to make an initiative that I that I become the most easily accessible person in my field. That if you text me, if you email me, you will get a response." And so I know with that I can stand out because I know I know how everybody else works. You know, they're it's it's like they're notorious for not answering their phone immediately. So you know, I pride myself on being able to be reached at any time for my clients at the time. You know, because I'm trying to prove myself, I'm trying to build trust. I'm trying to show them like, listen, I'm on your team. I'm easily, I can be reached, and I can help you solve a problem. And so, like, perfect, you know. And you'd be surprised; little details like that go a long way.
1: Yeah, it really does, man. That's I mean,
0: that is absolutely amazing.
1: Keep on going, man. This is fire.
0: Well, yeah. So, like, you know, if there's a certain industry you look at, I mean, try to analyze it. Like, what is it missing, and how can you fill that gap? And I'm sure, like, you know, there's people that's coming up with different topics for podcasts. It's like, okay, well, what content is out there? Is there any particular content you see that's not out there or that's not being focused on or not being addressed? Maybe attack that area, you know? Um, again, like if people are delivering, if, like I said, in my industry the issue is communication. Like if, you know, so if you're if you researching an industry that you notice that the communication is poor, then be that guy to have excellent top-notch communication with your clients, you know? If it's customer service, I know like for people that own restaurants or considering opening another like, a restaurant or like a service-based business, like, how's the customer service and the businesses? What are they doing? That's good. What could they do better? And then once you understand that, say, how can I implement that? How can I have better customer service than what's out there? How can I make the experience better? And gradually with that, you start building a good reputation and you stand out.
1: Wow. This, this is, Gracepreneurs, these are life conquering points right here. This is another example of a of a gracepreneur right here. And, you know, it, it brings a question to mind here. When it comes to the business industry you're in and sales and all, one of the things that I know a lot of salesmen and people in these fields encounter is a lot of rejection, you know, or the, the hustle and bustle of trying to reach somebody but not being able to get in touch with that person. A lot of people, and I've been victim of it in the past as well, a victim to myself for it. Have allowed something like that prevent them from building you know what, where they believe will work or what they believe they're called to do. Now, somebody like yourself obviously has not given up and it push, is pushing through um, the success of it is growing. you can see it's evident you know in everything you're doing. What would you say to that person who's struggling with that, who's struggling with rejection, who's struggling with not being able to get the results
0: they expected? Um, I would say this, it's definitely something you have to learn. Some people don't handle it really well. Others have thicker skin. Um, but you've got to expect it. Not everybody's going to want to do business with you. Not everybody's going to say yes to you. Not everybody is kind. I think the biggest thing is to not take it personal. There has to be a divide where you're like, okay, this is business. And if they say no, they're saying no to me on a business level, not as a human being or a personal level. I feel like some people take it so personal as if that person's rejecting them. Yeah, if you can kind of separate them and say, hey, this is not personal, this is just business. Mm-hmm. And you say, hey, you know, that person said, no, I respect their wishes, but I know there's somebody that will do business with me. And at the end of the day, it's a numbers game, right? Mm-hmm. If the more people I come in contact with, the more no's I get, I will eventually get a yes.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So if you just look at it as a way that, like, hey, I just need, I need 10 more no's because I know if I get 10 more no's, the yes is the 11th.
1: Come on.
0: And you start come looking at it in a positive light where it's just like, all these are stepping stones to my yes. Yeah, yeah and that's all i need and then if you you know if you're doing this correctly you should know how many yeses you need to make the money you want yeah so it's like okay and then over time like well i know on average i'll get about 10 to 15 people to say no before i get a yes okay so then to get five yeses how many people do you need i need you know i need 50 no's before i get to so get okay, five yeses. and mm-hmm. those five convert into business and make me profitable so everything's a numbers game and if you just look at that as a rejection it's just a stepping stone, like, I just need these. I need a few of these before I can get to the one that's going to be profitable. Of course, yeah. And then you just don't take it personal. It is business. You know, they're not rejecting you as a human being or as a person. They just don't want the service you have to offer. Mm-hmm. And so once you kind of get that divide, and you're like, listen, kind of like a face mask, like, hey, I'm doing business. This is one avenue this, you know, I can't take everything to heart. That Which is... is sometimes, it's hard to do because people are passionate, and they, they, they're so passionate about what they have, right? And they want the other people to see it so yeah. bad uh but you know it's like that versus as many are called few are chosen come on <laughs> you got to think of that in business like hey many are called here but few are going to choose but that's the way it's supposed to go you know there's going to be some people that seek what you have to offer yeah and there's just some people that are not and that's okay even jesus had the same problem like he preached to multitudes of people ended up with 12 and then when they asked "Are you're not mad about this He's like no because if you chose you know i chose you you didn't chose me if you wanna come, you can come. If you don't, you can leave. Yeah. Right? You read that scripture and he's like, you can leave. Yeah. And he was like, man, this teaching is too hard. Who's gonna buy it? And he's like, you're still here? Like, you're still following me so? You know, so you gotta have that confidence that like, you, know you, you know what you bring to the table. But if that person doesn't see it, not a problem. The next person will. Come on, dude, come on. The next person will. And so part of this is building confidence, right? Second thing is not taking things personal. And, you know, that comes with time, especially if you've never been in an environment where you have to sell or present something. It's foreign because a lot of people have done like service-based jobs or like typical nine to five jobs where it doesn't really matter whether they sell or not. So some people, For some people, it comes very naturally. And for others, they have to work towards it. It's just a skill they have to acquire. But it's not impossible. It's just like learning computer programming. You just have to understand how it works and then build towards getting better at it. And then understand that somebody rejecting you is, you can't take that personal. Yeah, some people will do yeah. business with you, some will not. That is part of it. And so if yeah. you, you accept that, that that is part of business, um, it's not going to bother you as much. You just know this is part of the routine. Just yeah. like, you know, you're warming up for reps, and you're like, I know I got to warm up before I get to the real set. <laughs> but like every person that says no is a warm-up until you get to the real deal, the client that really wants to do business with you, and then boom. And you it got happens.
1: It's such an interesting thing. I mean, I you know, you made me think back to when I first started the podcast. Um, <laughs> it was such a fail when it, came, when it came to booking the first couple of guests. Honestly, like, I would, I remember I reached out to this one person who responds to messages. He has, like, a, over 100 and something thousand followers. He's a millionaire. And I'm like, man, I would love to bring him on the show. And I was so excited. And I believe everything I had, the, the the mission I have, everything would just have him say, yes, I'll do it. He left me on red. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. So I was like, you know what? Let me try again. Let me try again. And I tried again. He's like, get your numbers up. I was like, oh, okay. But he said saying like in, a, in an aggressive, like, oh, uh, like, you know, jerk way. He said it and he like, I felt it because I caught him on the live. Actually, let me restate that. I caught him on the live um, on Instagram. And I was like, come on again. He's like, get your numbers up and whatnot. But he said it in a, in a way. It's like challenging. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I felt that challenge. Like yeah, it's about the challenge. I'm like, man, between him, the others who rejected me, I was like, yo, oh, this, this kind of sucks. But here's the thing. I was like, you know what? Ten might say no, one is going to say yes. Right? Like we just said. So what I saw was is that when I kept pushing forward, I mean, I ended up not – I haven't heard a no On long, honestly, maybe just because of the podcast in a while now. You <laughs> know, In like three, four weeks, I haven't heard a no. I mean, I haven't not heard a no, and I'm booked with guests up till August. You know, so it's like, yeah, and it's just it's coming because, you know, I didn't allow those those no's, those fear, the rejections and all that prevent me from building something I genuinely believe in. What I'm trying to get at is that it's like, you know, you can't allow those people saying, you know, just like he said, he said it perfect. He gave the best examples. You guys, you know, it's going to be moments that you're going to feel discouraged. You're going to feel like, you know, you might feel like, oh, man, it's not working out, whatever it is. That that don't give you a reason to quit. Honestly, it doesn't give you a reason to quit. You keep on pushing. You, you guys keep on pushing. But um, your head, somebody
0: wants what you have. Somebody come needs up. what you have. Somebody Stop. needs it. It's just a matter of you getting in front of them. And uh, to get in front of them, you're going to have to get through people that don't
1: need it. <laughs> there you go. There he is. said it the best right there. Now, time is coming short here. So I want to make sure we we finish this really, really strong. And one of the things that we like to share with our listeners are the life conquering points. Now, life-conquering points are two to three uh, pieces of life-conquering points that will help our listeners conquer life. In your case, I would love if you if you could provide us with two to three conquering points for sales. How can somebody, two things or three things that people could take away from this and be able to up their sales or become better at sales in any way or form?
0: Um, I think the three best ones is be a lifelong learner. Okay. Um always take chances. Never play it safe. Any opportunity that you feel in your heart is worth a chance. It's worth taking the risk. Okay. So if something's in your heart and it's been in there for a long time, act on it. However you can, whatever's in your control. I know there's instances where some things are out of your control, but there are many things that you have in your control. Focus on that. What can you control? What can you start right now? Take the steps. Okay. And I think the three is uh, know who you are, know what you want. Be clear. So spend some time with God by yourself and ask yourself the hard questions: What do I want? Where do I want to go? You know, and how am I going to get there? And begin to self-reflect. I feel like uh, we're in a we're in a we're in an age where there's not a lot of time to ourselves. People are so distracted with social media, uh, with internet, and we just never take the time to disconnect and ask ourselves the hard questions. So I just want to encourage everybody to learn to be self-aware, take the time to disconnect, be with yourself and, and and find your center, find what your vision is, find what you need, what you need, what do you need to do today for tomorrow? You know, and uh, you'll be surprised at the answers you get when you learn to disconnect from everything around you and just spend some time alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. That's so good, man. Solitude, you know, sometimes Solitude is looked at as a, as a bad thing, but solitude could be a good thing when you're using it for the right reason, you know, uh, and wow, that, those are great points, guys. Tune, he he gave us three life-conquering points right there, okay? And in fact, if you want more details on, on these points right here, I would suggest you to going back to the beginning of the podcast because he went into, uh, like, death into each one of them. And these things, when applied, I mean, you'll see the transformation in your life, no doubt. So the final question I want to ask here, just to close this off, you know, just to give people different perspective on something, um, is this. If you were to come across a younger version of yourself, let's say you know on um, a time when you were going through the weird transition with the you know when with the excuse me, when the dealership was closing and you find yourself in that transition, that mess of stuff, if you were to come across your younger yourself in that time in that season, what is one piece of advice you would have given yourself?
0: I think the biggest thing is this, like I said before, never be afraid to take a chance. Never be afraid. I feel like when you're young, you always want to play it safe. And I feel like we have to encourage people at a young age to have that entrepreneurial spirit, to go out of the comfort zone of the things that we know, you know, and take a chance on yourself. Take a chance.
1: Come on, come on. Take a chance. You guys need to listen to Frank Nitty's song, Risk. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that. <laughs> Got to take those risks. That's Absolutely. amazing, dude. And you know what? Now the time is coming to a close. I want to say thank you, bro. Thank you for that. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. These points. Yeah, man, because these, these things you brought on here, I, I know for a fact, it's going to help people become better and conquer those mountains in their lives. And I really do appreciate it. Grace pioneers, you guys are more than conquerors. We appreciate every single one of you. And we also want to encourage you to share this podcast with whoever might need it. So if you know somebody who can benefit off of this, share this podcast with them because this is gold. So again, you're more than conquerors. Take care. What a powerful message. And we pray that this content impacts your life. Do you want more content from the Gracepreneur Podcast? Great! Check us out at www.thegracepreneur.com and follow us on Instagram for
0: more updates on our podcast, blogs, and new music. Take care and never forget that you are more than a conqueror. Time to unpack fun fact